0: This episode of the Shooting Brooks Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop positions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or Esports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more, sign up and hashtag prop up today. Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And... As it stands right now, the outside looks extremely bad, and I can't even fathom how how it looks anywhere else. But it's a good thing we're all inside. We're just enjoying the the company of other people, especially during quarantine, because everything sucks right now. But as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by
1: uh, his former USC acquaintance, acquaintance Mr. Danny uh Just FYI, I will you know take this to the grave. Seattle and Vancouver should have never left their cities. Thank awesome, yep.
2: okay, and it's your boy Really
3: Real Jerrell Sells, and we got a special guest tonight. I'm Hunter Patterson. I'm glad to be here
0: with y'all, and we're glad to have you, man. Thank you for for hopping on. I know we've been trying to get some sort of, you know, some sort of appearance for me for like the past year or so. So it's a good thing oh, to have man, you bro. finally on. I appreciate it. Just tell just tell the people a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, so I just graduated from SC with you, Jared. Um, Daniel, you were also there, my boy. All the hot takes, and I love it. Um, But, yeah, I graduated with my master's in specialized journalism uh, from SC with the emphasis in sports. And prior to that, I was at LMU for four years, getting my um, B.A. in communication with a double minor in journalism, and African-American studies. So um, at this point, just out here on the job hunt.
0: Speaking of the job hunt, Mm -hmm. I think that with everything going on with Giannis and everything else, I think concerning the job hunt, Mike Budenholzer might be out of a job because they just, the last two years, and even extending all the way back to his time with the Hawks, he's just been unable to, I guess, how do you put this, adjust to the playoffs because the way he plays and has all his lineups in the regular season just not – it just doesn't work for the playoffs. And personally, I think he's out of a job. I'd like to hear your guys' take on it because the Heat just dismantled whatever the Bucks were trying to do.
1: Personally, in my opinion, um, I think he's out of the job too. I mean, Giannis is – it's pretty simple. Giannis is probably very desperate for a championship. Uh, I will say this, though. He's definitely not a bad coach. If you look at those uh, – if you look at the teams he's coached so far, he's only really had one de- like definitive all-star in his coaching career so far he's had good players I mean look at Atlanta like that that you know he led that team to the playoffs without without like a a big superstar and like to to name it so Giannis is really his first personally I would want to give him one more chance I just want to I just want to have just want to see what he does if you know if you can add someone else with Giannis but I think he's out
2: I have to agree I mean we've seen coaches get Fired for less, you know what I'm saying? Or even more, getting to the finals and not delivering a championship. I just believe that you can't put all the blame on him because he didn't he hasn't had, like Daniel said, that that all star player that's able to hit shots, shot makers. Not with the Atlanta Hawks, not with this Bucks team. And I think down the line, down the stretch, you have to lean on those players. And I know Giannis is gonna get his stats regardless, but Giannis is like Shaq. <laughs> Shaq needed Kobe. Shaq needed D-Wade. Giannis can't win with fing Chris Middleton. And I've been preaching this for I don't know how f-ing long, but you're not winning with that, with with this, this, this team. If I'm the Bucks, I hold on to him because you're the Milwaukee Bucks. What else are you going to get? Who do you think is going to come in and miraculously just change the culture? At least you have a winning coach. You know? It's. It's if anything, we have they have to reconstruct their, their team. If I'm the GM, I'm not firing the coach because we have a winning coach. happens. It's a different circumstance within the bubble. Teams came well prepared for Giannis and whatever the Bucks had to bring to him. So in my opinion, they shouldn't fire him, but I think he's gonna he's gonna be bad. Especially if Giannis is like, I need a new coach. Because they 'Cause they're gonna do whatever they can to keep Giannis in there.
3: it's tough, bro. But is it's frustrating to watch him cause he has he has a talent more or less, but he just seems to refuse to make any type of adjustments, especially down the stretch when you need to – I mean, he, first of all, too, to mention this, I'm a diehard Heat fan. I'm going to pan up right quick on the laptop. Got my D-Wade jersey up there. Hey. All-time favorite player. Um, so f- on that note, I was surprised that we did him the way we did, but I love a gentleman's suite. Uh, but back to the topic at hand, I think maybe one more year, max for Bud. But um, outside of that, he's shown consistently that he's not been able to really make uh, the necessary adjustments, especially um, as a game plan coming into things, but also down the stretch when you have to get into the timeout, draw plays up, you've got to uh, switch defensive matchups and things like that. So I'd, I'd give him one more year, max.
0: Yeah, I see that. At, that's kind of fair. and. The thing with Giannis is his contract ends next year. And so it would make sense to keep him, to keep butt on. And then all of a sudden, if Giannis decides to leave, just tear up shop, right? And that's the, that's one of the things that we failed to mention is how good this heat team was. They were extremely well balanced, right? And you can attest to this Hunter, the way that they played just had this symbiotic quality to it, similar to what the Heat teams were back in the early 2010s.
3: You heard Jimmy say it after he had the 40 points in game one. Um, I can do this from time to time, but don't expect me to be a 30, 40-point guy every night. They have arguably, I I would say, one of the best three-point shooters in Duncan Robinson. Um, Tyler Hero exceeded all my rookie expectations, so I love having him on the floor, especially late in games because he seems really mature beyond his years. Bam is a guy that, Again, I did not expect to be this good this soon. Jay Crowder stepped up big. Iggy's been a huge uh, veteran for us. So, I mean, it's just a really, really well-rounded team, and I think Jimmy was the missing piece for us as that dog that we needed to be our star player.
1: can definitely see your point, um, Hunter. I mean, I just wanted to say Tyler Hero has become one of my, one of my more favorite players to watch in the league.
3: Yeah, I did not expect him to be this good as a rookie, to be honest with you.
0: It's interesting you bring up Tyler Hero because one of the things that may happen is if the Heat want really to get Giannis this year instead of waiting for free agency, because the Heat and the Raptors both have $80 million Mm -hmm. lined up in 2021. So if they don't want to wait that long they could potentially part ways with Tyler Hero and all that all those other guys because I mean he's a great player especially considering what he's done in the postseason what he's done in the regular season but I don't know there's a lot of teams basically vying for Giannis's services and I don't know honestly which team has the best shot because as a Warriors fan I want him to land in Golden State but the problem is there is basically there's no way for the lakers or the warriors to get him unless just it's the lakers, out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why Pers-
0: you the lakers out there
1: per- personally like him on the warriors would actually like it would kill the leak it would kill the leak so i'm um, actually but otherwise i i think Giannis though would be a terrific terrific fit in miami we saw what mickey arison and you know Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra did with LeBron back in the twenty tens. And I think it would like, you know, having that structure around Giannis that especially those, you know, those three execs would and that coach would like propel him. I go like ahead.
2: your suggestion of uh him on the Mavericks. I don't know they're not in, in the drawing for hey, Giannis, hey, hey, but hey, I feel hey,
1: like hey. that's a better fit than Miami. Hey,
0: they'd hey. have to get rid of Perzingis for that to happen. That would Giannis, just destroy whatever the Mavericks are doing, but go ahead.
1: Giannis could, you know, don't forget, guys. Like, Giannis could still wait and just pay, wait patiently until, patiently until next year until he's a free agent. I mean, I, I Dallas I, – I feel like Dallas could make room. I mean, uh, from a player's perspective, like, yeah, Dallas would be, a, a, you know, honestly a better fit than Miami. But Miami Miami could be another good fit as well. I'm out. Other than
2: Porzingis, who else has a max contract or a big contract on the Mavericks? I, th-
0: I think – tim hardaway's contract ends next season pretty sure i'm but pretty the... sure
2: the mavericks got some type of salary because that's the only max contract they got unless they have players like tim hardaway who's making what 15 to 18 17 mil. yeah 17 Our
3: team is the type to break bread too so I'll, he might make a run at it i, I think it's possible because we huh.
2: we gotta factor in luca that's still on his rookie year <laughs> there's yeah. only I... one max contract so all of those other players are dispensable F- it. i'm getting honest so i could have a big three well, I mean, I
0: mean, the thing is, you—they don't have space because in 2021 they have 108 million allocated, and if they have, I mean, if you're the Bucks, right? Would you take basically salary cap filler, like you know, Tim, as good as Tim Hardaway is, or whatever? Would you trade him and whatever else for Giannis? I mean, if I'm the Bucks, I'm gonna say Fuck that. It, I mean, it okay. I'm holding
3: on to him at all costs. Yeah, I mean it he depends. did already come out on record too and say that he wasn't really going to request a trade, but mm-hmm. as only as good as the next few months, so we'll see.
1: I mean, from a player perspective, like Giannis on the Mavs would instantly become the you know the next great NBA dynasty in the making. Okay, right,
0: and I don't again I don't want to sound too homerish here, but the Warriors <laughs> have the best position because I mean if they trade Wiggins, this year's pick. This year's pick, next year's pick with the Timberwolves, their twenty twenty three pick, their twenty five pick, and whatever assortment of picks they they have, they that's a pretty good solid deal for the Bucks. I know you guys are, you know, fans of your respective teams, but if you were the Bucks and I offer you Wiggins and top three pick this year, a solid pick next year, and two other first rounders, would you guys say no to that? That's a solid uh, deal.
1: I mean, yes. It is. I mean, it's better than him just leaving. Yeah, for, for nothing. nothing. For nothing. That's what happened to Cleveland, and that's a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it all depends on Giannis. Because, I mean, they could throw those, those offers out there, but if he's not forcing their hand, and that's why I was kind of like – Going on playing devil's advocate, doing the argument of uh potentially the Mavericks. If he forces their hand to force a trade, whether it be an off season or a mid season acquisition, kind of like what the Denver Nuggets did uh with the Knicks, where they really didn't get much. Look, think about it like this We, we, Mark Cuban is is a genius. Did you see what the f- he got for KP? And you don't think that somehow, <laughs> some way he can't snag Giannis? Like, I just, I, I, I'm just saying. But it's all up to Giannis. If Giannis forces their hand, then th- then I feel like there's a better chance he doesn't get onto the Warriors. But if the Warriors come out with five doggone picks and Andrew Wiggins, but we talking about Andrew Wiggins, like I mean, it's, about the, to picks be a it's <laughs> the picks that lifesaver.
0: The picks, man, it's the picks that count. He's just there for his salary, man. Honestly,
1: I mean, I mean, Mark Cuban always has a chance. He's to me, he's honestly a top three owner in the league. So if anyone could like pull something out of his ass it's Mark Cuban. I mean it just like Jerry Buss back in the day. He he got he got Shaq to come here. Yeah, and stuff uh, like this happens. Stuff like this happens.
0: That's true. And on the topic of trades and pulling stuff out of their asses, according to Mark Stein of the New York Times, some rival teams think that the Bucks will try and pull a trade out of their ass for CP3. And just to, there's a lot of moving pieces here, so I'm going to try and condense it a little bit. So CP3 is owed $85 million for the next two years, 41 next year, and then 44 the year after. For the, for them to get CP3 next season, they would have to trade Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, George Hill, DJ Wilson, and or Dante DiVincenzo, and the Pacers pick, which is a mid to late first rounder, the 21st, the 23rd, and the tw- 2025 picks all first rounders for the bucks just to get CP three. And I don't think that's the smartest thing to do.
2: Where do them picks come from? Why three picks? No, no, Why? That's, that's 2021,
0: 2023, 2025. That those are Milwaukee's picks. Three picks,
2: five players for CP three.
0: That's how those salaries match, man. I
1: mean, but with the salary
0: just to entice, you know, the thunder, because if, if,
2: Hell no! Entice <laughs> the <laughs> Thunder. Course, I'll be enticed to get that f- contract <laughs> off my books. Three picks. Pick get... I mean, I'm saying the if Pacers pick, if I'm the if I'm the Bucks, I'm not trading three picks for CP3 and five players. I, I can't do it.
0: So what if what if? All right, let's say the Thunder. Right, say you know what? He'll get you over the hump. No, we no. <laughs> will get. I mean, CP3 even even hump.
3: if so, man, that's a bright future you got. Um in quotation marks, probably future you got right. with the picks who we don't know who they'll draft. We don't know how that'll shake out. Um, but, I mean, realistically, 3P, or CP3 probably has, like, three more good years in them, like, tops. Um, and that's a big if. He's had injuries. He's had issues staying healthy. And, I mean, he could be the piece to get them over the hump, I guess you could say. But I wouldn't I wouldn't give up that much just for CP. mmm
0: Fair enough, and, and
2: I would say he ain't even that piece. Cause look, look what happened in the playoffs. I'm saying when the moment, when it came to the moment, he shied away from the big shot, and that's what the f- the Bucks need.
3: That hurts. Why are you gonna get another that player?
2: That's no offense to Chris Middleton, no offense to CP3, but why are you gonna get similar players when it comes to crunch time? Giannis needs dependable shot makers. He needs a number two option. He doesn't need a 35, 36 year old on the decline, and you're giving up. You you you're, you're giving up your future as well as young pieces that you already have on the team. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, do it. Players with, who can make big shots. I mean, there, there's a guy in there's a guy in Dallas named Luca who knows <laughs> who, <laughs> make, who knows how to make like you know big shots. So. all
0: right, fair enough. And you guys brought up big shots. Let's talk about the series that personally I'm not a big fan of, but I guess you guys are. The Rockets and the Lakers. The Rockets play style is still bad. Hate it. Yep. Don't like it at all. Horrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, and we mentioned this prior to recording that there was a Twitter account that's a Houston or a James Harden Stan account or whatever. They were just going in on the Lakers for doubling Harden, which what? I don't know. I don't necessarily know why that's a bad thing, especially considering that's a thing that basketball players do
1: literally
3: only cuz they're down in the series. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason it's a bad thing for them.
0: I mean, what else can, can Rockets fans talk about? I mean, Westbrook their prized, you know, acquisition this year. He's been, been trash. He's from, been
1: garbage especially in this series so far.
0: He's he's averaging 24 10 and 5 with five turnovers, shooting 40% from the field, 28 from 3 and 61% from the line. Um he's also shooting I mean he's horrible in from 3 point land and he's still trying to take these shots and I don't really know where the the Rockets go from here I mean I'd like to know where you guys what you guys have in mind because the Lakers as long as LeBron is playing the way that he is taking those big shots and blocking the shots all the way to to wherever they have the Rockets have no shot and Anthony Davis, I'm saying it now. He needs to f-ing play in the post. He's six foot eleven, yeah, seven foot. He's playing like a guard against a six foot five dude. What the? F-? You're six foot eleven. Get your ass in the low block and dominate. I don't know what's so hard about that.
1: Um, I mean, I just want to start it off. The Lakers should know that they're not really a three point shooting team. Um, we can get hot every once in a while, but like that's just not just not the Lakers' specialty. So yeah, I do agree. Like like I, I've never understood. And by the way, stop starting Danny Green. Stop. Just stop. Just don't play him. Just like put him out like rarely in general. So, but yeah, the AD needs to stop shooting threes. He needs to put it, put him, put him back down below. But besides that, um, last night's game kind of proved to me that honestly the Lakers kind of took control of the series last night, and I think they're going to control the series from here on out. So I, it, it could, it, it's. I have a feeling that it very well could be Lakers in five, at this rate. Not
2: to defend P.J. Tucker, but um, as someone that majority of his basketball career, talking from my personal experience, when shorter guys that are stockier and, and I guess strong in, in, in their core strength and being able to get under you and irritate you, as somebody that's taller going up against that, that's irritating and it's at times difficult to score against, especially if you don't have go-to counter moves to just go right over, over the top of them. I will say this. First game – Anthony Davis was playing like playing like a guard, like what we're saying. But these last two games, Anthony Davis has been putting the pressure on Houston Rockets' defense. He's playing within himself. Okay, I catch the ball at the three in the corner, and I look to attack. Now there's moments of inconsistency where he, he forgets that he's 6'10 when he attacks, and he tries to oh do that little flopping shit that Kyle Kuzma does. And I'm like, bro, that's the time where you need to bulk up and, and, and take it to the hole as, as strong as you possibly can. So those are the moments where I feel like he, he needs to play within his size. Also, I'm okay with him shooting that mid-range shot, shooting right over dudes. Dude, that's his bread and butter.
0: I mean, you that's know? totally fine, as long as yeah. he doesn't fall in love with the three.
2: Absolutely. I just, just, don't take, just don't chuck threes for no reason. I'm saying in the last two games, I haven't seen what we saw in the first series. I've seen a little change. And I just want to shout out to one of the players that I slander a lot, and that's Kyle Kuzma. Although he's not scoring 20 points a game, the energy there, I know he does some stupid, inconsistent stuff, fouling uh, people still throwing up some weird, stupid shots. But last game is the best Kyle Kuzma I've seen. Hustling, getting rebounds, uh, not taking the first shot in – readjusting within the offense, and that's the Kyle Kuzma that we need because when he plays like that, it seems like he's giving, putting up 20 points when he's only putting up 12 points, but it's it's necessary points and necessary times that gives us that energy and it makes the whole team feel energized. So I'm going to give it up to Kyle Kuzma for that and Rondo as well because I know that he's been getting a lot of slander on social media, and I'm going to give it up to my boy because ever since he's been here, he's been balling.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting because AD – can a lot of times fall in love with the three and not really want to get in the pain and get dirty and, um, do a lot of the things that could make y'all more successful. Um, but he, when he has a, a healthy, uh, mix up, I guess you could say of actually hitting a face up jab, uh, jumpers, um, turnarounds and then, uh, diving off the pick and rolls, catching lobs. I think he's really, really dangerous, as we all know. But me personally, I would like to see him in the paint a bit more. Daniel, I think your point about Danny Green is hilarious and factual. I mean, at this point last year, he was a solid 3 and D guy. He was playing great defense, um, hitting open threes. And I cannot tell you the last time I remember Danny Green hitting a three, to be honest with you. He's been a liability. almost at this point I want to say on both ends of the floor. And it's been kind of frustrating to watch.
1: I just don't get why Vogel keeps starting him. Don't start him. Like give him the least minutes possible because he's just he hasn't performed at like his normal self any time in this bubble.
0: That's actually a really fair assessment to make because when when it comes to Danny Green, we've discussed this on on previous pods. It's feast or famine. Literally, you can you can see him when he gets on these hot streaks. He can hit five, six, seven in a row. But then when he goes on these cold streaks, he's completely a non-factor basically because on defense yeah he has the length but i don't think he has the lateral quickness that you need to stay in front of a james harden or a westbrook right and with regards to him starting i feel like we talk about rondo playoff rondo is a thing he needs to he he, he really he really is in the three or in the two games that he's been really active right he had a plus 28 in 29 minutes off the bench in Game 2, and he was a plus 7 off the bench in Game 3, and he ha- he had 21 points, 9 assists in 30 minutes off the bench in Game 3. I think at some point, you just bite the bullet and say, you know what, I'm going to sit Danny Green or KCP, I mean, picker poison at that point, and I'm going to start Rajon Rondo because he is probably the best guard there. He's our the only point guard. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean and Caruso, right?
2: I'm, I'm yeah. not considering
0: Caruso a point I'll guard. He's a combo guard. Hmm.
2: But I, I I, disagree. Give Rondo more minutes. Let him play. But you need that off the bench.
3: You need that energy. I to say, too, because how, how is uh, Danny Green about to do coming off the bench when he's surrounded by a lot less talent? And now you don't have that playmaker coming off the bench. Hmm.
2: Now we're forcing – now our lineups are kind of are weird. It's kind of weird now. I said you have to keep Rondo coming off the bench, and he ends games like how he did. Still give right. him that thirty minutes a game. That's okay. Let Danny Green go out there in the beginning of the game and hope that he uh, has Green Machine <laughs> for <laughs> or, or Hot Specialist. Zone Hunter. Coss- uh, yeah, for his first shot and whatnot. But you don't want that terrible energy starting to come off the bench because you need energy off the bench. Yeah. And Rondo plus Kuzma, that combination's looking pretty solid, if I do say so myself.
0: Coming into the series, I was going to say that Harden needs to take advantage of the Lakers' guards because, I mean, they – keep think he doing that. Yeah, he's averaging 30, and <laughs> same thing with Westbrook. But the thing with that is nobody else really is stepping up for Houston. I mean, Eric Gordon's shooting decently. He's shooting, I think, 41% and then from the field, and at 47 from three. But Covington. who else? Did? Yeah, he's averaging over 10 points, but it's just not enough okay. when he –
2: They they don't need to put up 20 points a game, but they're doing their job. I I kid you not. I don't like the Houston Rockets. They piss me off. I don't like them playing. I don't like their play style. But P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, they're they're excelling in their roles. They're very irritating to watch. But if I had to take one person off the Houston Rockets team, it would be Robert Covington. Defense hits his shots when, when when needed, and he doesn't step out of his role. And he's excelled in it, as well as P.J. Tucker. But I know it's not enough because it shouldn't be enough when you're playing against two of the top five players in the NBA.
3: Yeah, y'all know who I had higher expectations for for this series for the Rockets it was Jeff Green. Oh yeah, he had been playing pretty well in the stretch four, stretch five role. Um, and he kind of just hasn't really showed up at all.
0: Yeah, that's that's another feast or famine type of player because Jeff Green, when yeah. he was when he was with the Celtics, he had a few decent years. When he was with the Thunder, he had a few decent years, and then he's just kind of been this weird situation right because when we look back maybe five ten years from now and jeff green's retired and everything and then we start to think back on his career we either think of it as this goes this dude's actually really good or we think what was this dude doing right it's one or the other and for the rockets they're getting no production so
3: yeah, and he, he was he was looking so solid, too, in the OKC series. He was stepping up in threes, playing mm-hmm. at least decent defense, but he ain't been nowhere to, found, nowhere to be found um, in this series.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, the big point is Houston's uh, experiment has largely failed.
0: Regardless of how the series ends up, I think that Houston in some ways proved that a small lineup can work, but I don't think it's viable for a championship run because you're at some point you're going to need to grab rebounds and shooting a ton of threes just won't cut it. It's just not conducive to winning a championship unless you're the Warriors, but that's a different story.
3: One thing I would hate to, before we move off uh, from this topic, I would really hate to be the guy when there's three, four seconds left on the shot clock, Harden sees he can't get by you or get a bucket and then he just kicks it to you. I'm like, that's yeah. one of the most frustrating things to see for me. Cause they have so much talent on that team and it's ISO ball. Everybody just kind of standing around looking
0: at hard in the rush. Yeah. I hate that. It's, they dribble it, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. And then when the shot clock said four, it dump it off to you. And it's like, Oh, what now?
3: You know, yeah, it's just an automatic <laughs> miss on my shot chart. So <laughs> thanks for that.
2: Um, I do want to highlight something. i I'll, off of this uh, Houston Rockets team because I know there's a lot of negatives. But we got to give it up to them for their defensive presence and effort because these guys are switching and they're, they're dogs on a defensive end. It's very irritating. And that's something that they need to build up on. I think if they can get one of those um, undersized bigs that's not six six like a six nine six ten 6'10", athletic uh, big that can... I know this is asking a lot, but if they could get that, that athletic big that can guard the perimeter a little bit, guard inside and just rebound, I think they'll be solid. Maybe if he could hit a mid-range shot. I know they got rid of Clint Capella, but somebody like that, I don't know, like a Erland's Noel, but they're obviously going to need somebody that can shoot. But if they get that five or that four, I think that's what's going to put them over the edge. Trade Westbrook.
0: <laughs> well, I mean they're not gonna do they're not gonna do that. But that actually brings up an interesting point because now that you're thinking about at least for me personally, I haven't thought about what Clint Capella could have done in this series, but now I'm thinking, how much more successful do you think the Rockets would have been with Clint Capella in this series? I mean
1: I think Houston uh-oh. would have challenged the Lakers a little bit more, but I think the Lakers would have found a way to get get out on top.
0: The big advantage that PJ
3: has when at least trying to guard ad um is the fact that he's quick on his feet and clint would be getting busted up trying to go out and guard at the perimeter so that that would probably be a, a bit of an issue for them i think
2: they wouldn't fare well with clint capella this is their advantage on a defensive man like like i'm just agreeing with hunter ad is a mismatch for any five in this league any yep. five in this league cannot guard ad pj tucker he has his advantages like hunter said so I think that this team that they have now would have a better chance of beating Lakers than with Clint Capella.
0: I feel like now that I'm thinking about it more, this Houston Rockets lineup is kind of like the Warriors' death lineup on a discount because the Warriors' death lineup, it was incredible. You slot in you know, Harrison Barnes and or – well, no and, but – or Kevin Durant, and you have a solid, solid group of guys that can drive, dish, and – hit shots when need be, and I just feel like the Rockets don't have that. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see where the Lakers and the Rockets go from here, but we know that LeBron is the all-time leader in playoff wins, so shout-out to him. He's a shout-out. You got to give props to LeBron. I know I was a – I hate to admit this, but growing up, I was a, a LeBron hater because of all the things he did, especially when he went to the Heat. I wasn't a fan of that. but I was loving it. Oh, of course you were, man. Those. <laughs>
3: but see, I I want to point out though, I've been a D Wade fan, so it's more of a. Um, I was happy to see him come, but I was like pretty sad to see him go, also. So.
1: I mean, I've I've never been a LeBron here. I've actually never understood his hate when he came to Miami. He dude was just trying to win rings. Like that's the name of the game, right? So I mean, it's it was Cleveland's fault that they didn't build around him the first time around. So they deserve to lose him.
2: I'm in the same boat as you, Jared. I used to dislike LeBron, but.
1: Number one fan now.
2: (laughs) I
3: was about to say, that's a nice turnaround right there.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's. With a lot of. We've discussed a few things here, and Daniel, you mentioned hating and everything else. What do you guys think about the Clippers and Nuggets series? Because as the two Laker fans here, Daniel and Jarrell, I know that you guys. I don't know if you. Are you guys enjoying this series at all?
1: Uh, It's been a fine series but i will say this though um denver has honestly given more of, more of a challenge to the clippers than i thought but i think my gut feeling is that, like unfortunately even though i'm rooting for denver in this one the clippers got it they'll, they'll win in six
0: that's where i have them in six as well i agree with you guys
2: i actually was enjoying the series i thought the denver nuggets were going to be able to uh take the last game but um just poor execution tor- towards the end of the sh- down the stretch. Um, Michael Porter had an amazing game. And there was moments of times where the Denver Nuggets wanted to run their offense through this rookie, which made no sense when you have Jokic, you have Jamal Murray. I don't care if Jamal Murray's having a bad game. These-, these, are- these are the two players that you guys leaned on throughout this whole bubble. So moments like that made me realize they're not ready. I already said they weren't ready because the defensive end, Jokic, we're going to just uh, slander him as much because you just attack him and it's over. But that moment right there, because I was just living in a fantasy, like, oh, they're about to take this win. They're about to be two up 2-1. Two up, two and then they just kept giving the ball to Michael Porter. And if you've seen earlier in the game, Michael Porter was scoring off of not being the focal point of offense. Okay, we're going to – uh, dish the ball and do our little motion offense. Oh yeah, he gets a shot. All right, Jamal Murray throws up a brick. Michael Porter gets the rebound, puts it back up, and then all of a sudden you're trying to run, run, run through him. So that moment just brought me back to reality. And yeah, I see them uh, losing in six games.
1: I I want to say this. I know it's not really we're not really trying to talk about the Lakers here, but you know if you know let's just say all things go well and they very well very well might. I think the Lakers, the these Lakers, will have one of the toughest roads to the NBA Finals in recent memory.
0: Oh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I agree with that.
1: Because because you started off with Portland that played more like an that, that played more like a fourth seed than an, eighth, than an eighth seed, and then you bump into Houston. Yeah, first despite his flaws, they are a formidable opponent. You do not want to understate Houston despite their flaws. And then you're gonna jump into, and then you're gonna then you're gonna head into to the to the LA Clippers, like like one of them, you know, like you could not have asked for a, more, for a more formidable opponent. So like the Lakers, it, I mean, if, if it goes well, I mean, like you got to give Matt like props to like to LeBron, especially in that greatest of all time argument. He had one of the toughest roads ever.
0: I get that. But before he, before LeBron gets to the, you know, to the finals, one thing we have to mention is Kawhi Leonard standing in the way. Did you guys see that uh, middle finger block he had? I mean, yeah, yeah. That, if well, we have the Clippers making it in six, but if by all means, if Hawaii is on LeBron, that middle finger is going to be straight at LeBron's face because that's going to be a good matchup, man.
1: I, I mean, the thing I'm is, LeBron, 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 LeBron ain't going to take shit either, and the and what <laughs> gives me what gives me hope about the Lakers is that the Clippers too. Paul George ain't performing as like, you know, he, let's be honest, he's been performing like and Anthony Davis, the the Lakers too have been performing much better than Paul George. So that's, that's an advantage heading into that series.
0: Don't mind me interjecting. I see you wanted to say something Joe. but let me just interject here very quickly. So we, you know, pandemic P playoff P, whatever you want to call him. He's been, he's been derided for having really subpar performances, but we talked a few weeks ago about how he spoke to a therapist because his whole situation was just getting messed up and he he just wasn't there mentally. And so it, in the games after that, he's been averaging 22.7 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.5 steals on 44% from the field, 41% from three, and 76% shooting from the free throw line. Now, if you take his stats against the Nuggets, He's been averaging 24 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists, two steals on 50% shooting, 45 from three, and 80% from the line in 38.5 minutes per game. So he's balling out. He is balling out. Good on him. He's balling the f*** out. But go ahead. Go ahead, Jarrell, because I, I cut you off.
2: In relation to the Paul George pandemic piece, I mean, you expe- you expect, that from him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, good job, Paul. Good. That's what, that's what we brought you to LA for. You were, you were supposed to do this. That's cool.
0: Okay. So let me pause this question before I transition to that game. Mm-hmm. You talked about Michael Porter Jr. And he's a rookie. He's, you know, a very, 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 very light Kevin Durant. It looks like, you know, so would you guys have him starting over Millsap? Because I mean, looking at his stats right now, they're very, they're very similar, almost negligible at some points, and their game score, which is essentially how impactful they are to a certain team at any given game, is basically the same. Millsap has a game score of ten point two. MPJ has a game score of eight point seven, but you have to take into account Millsap plays eight more minutes. So, if I'm the nuggets i'm gonna start michael porter jr just to see what he can do at least play him 25 minutes starting but what do you guys what would you guys do would you guys start him or would you guys go with something tried and true like paul Millsap?
1: personally um in this situation especially i, I mean like you said like let's see what i can do i mean that's in this stage it's kind of too late for that type of mentality so like i'm definitely i mean experience matters especially in the postseason so I'm stick with Millsap on this one, even though I think you know Porter is an impressive player.
2: Agreed. I'm I'm always for the energy and the scoring off the bench. That's what they're going to need. They already got that consist- consistency with, between Jamal Murray and Jokic. So you want that was, Porter is a surprise, and he also was a liability on the defensive end. I'm not saying Paul Pier- Paul Pierce. I'm not saying mm-hmm. Paul Millsap is a defensive stopper, but he 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 can get the job done compared to Michael Porter. Um, and I just want to just – just I remember what I was going to say because I know we were talking about Kawhi Leonard's middle finger and stopping LeBron, but no one's stopping LeBron. LeBron's been consistent in this playoffs, and he showed us the GOAT that he is in the last game. And I'm not afraid of any team. I might get spooked like we've seen what uh, our first game against the Trailblazers, but I'm not afraid in my, in my two superstars. That is for sure. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't scare me. I know he's going to get his job done, but don't – don't, don't, don't disrespect LeBron and AD. Like, they not going to go off, man. Come on now.
3: Man, to piggyback on that right quick, too, I personally think Bron is great, goat, best to ever do it. Um, and I think he's definitely about to have that in the back of his mind when Kawhi got the finals MVP uh, over Bron when he was back in Miami. So I'm excited for that matchup, but I'm definitely siding with Bron on that. But about Paul Millsap and MPJ – um, I got to agree with Dan and Jarell. Um I mean, he's great in spurts, uh but he's still really raw and gets kind of busted up a lot on uh defense. We've seen a bunch of times where uh guys were going pick and rolls trying to get him to play defense on them. And that doesn't really happen as much with Paul Millsap. He is a lot older, he's the veteran, he's been here before. So I think I'd definitely ride it out with uh, Paul Millsap, and then have uh, MPJ coming off the bench, providing some energy and spurts.
0: I can see that. I mean, that's a that's a fair take, because with MPJ, right? You don't you don't necessarily know what you're going to get because the first few uh-huh. games he's been he's been in and out, right? He shows this immense talent to score the ball, but then, like you said, he just defensively, it's not fine tuned, I guess, for the lack of a better term. It's not fine tuned yet, and I mean, personally, I still wish I still have him starting over Paul Millsap, just because he is younger. He has his he's quicker, and the Clippers are they're a really good team. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. But if the things- other
2: thing, just to say real quick, the other mm-hmm. thing is when he gets hot and he does something good. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he does something. Tremendously stupid, right after. Right. Yeah. Like, and you can't, you accepted. can't. We gotta avoid that, especially in close yeah. games. There's blown the plays, too. exactly, where he gets a rebound, and you have Patrick Beverly right by you. I don't know, Lou Williams, somebody was right behind him, and Montrezl Harrell was right on the side, and this mother <laughs> f- to go behind the back, hold the ball, be strong. So those little stuff, like I'm agreeing with Hunter, you need, you need that veteran in there that's gonna make the smart play, because in all honesty that those the the points are lovely but we can we have also seen players go off and basically get empty stats and those vital moments the nuggets need that veteran leadership
0: right and that's that veteran leadership is actually a great segue to the raptors and celtic series because after finding themselves down in the series the raptors are playing out of their mind they just beat the Celtics in double overtime, 125-122. And I feel like I underestimated the Raptors as well. I think we all did after seeing what was happening.
3: I I personally didn't see him doing this well. Even though uh, Gordon Hayward's out right now, I think, I mean, Kyle Lowry's doing his job, Ben Vliet's doing his job, but when Kimber really has his mindset on it, neither one of them could contain him. um, Jason Tatum is really, really hit or miss in these playoffs, especially in the bubble. Jalen Brown, same with him. But I thought that those three would be enough to get it done. But that's championship mentality from the Raptors.
1: I mean, I've said it before on this podcast, the the Raptors are possibly one of the best coaches in in the association. One could argue that uh, Nick Nurse is the best coach in the National Basketball Association. Um, This comeback kind of shows how well-rounded and well-built this roster is. I'm still going to lean towards Boston. They'll, they'll find a way to sneak out. I just think they have um, one too many X factors to go along. But, I mean, it, this is just a testament how, how good this Raptors roster really is. And you don't want to ever underestimate them.
2: Just to echo, I mean, I, I've said this on previous podcasts, like um, that the Raptors have the best overall team and the Celtics have the more effective X factors. And I think once that, once they realize their situation they're in, um, and I'm speaking about the Celtics, they're going to wake up and they being Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. And once that happens, I think they take game seven.
0: It's interesting. When you talk about Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, because Tatum and Brown, they played out of their minds. They scored a combined 60 points between them. Kemba Walker, on the other hand, had five points on two of 11, one from si- one of six from three point land. And, he was a minus seven, the worst among all the starters on the Celtics. And he was tied for worst on the Celtics roster. Um, same thing with Norm Powell. He got a minus seven, but he scored 23 points off the bench, six for 11, three, three, of six from three point land. And he was just massive for them. And honestly, this is a, for me, this is a crap shoot because they, I, I had the Celtics having this, easily and now the raptors are just showing what they can do so i don't know gordon hayward's coming back so that's cool do you guys think that's gonna help i was gonna ask you guys do you think that if and when gordon hayward comes back how much of an impact do you think he'll have against this raptor squad
1: it wouldn't be the most major because he is coming back from injury but i think his... Impact would be enough that like you would see like um you know a positive for this Boston team.
2: I mean, you have you have three wing players out there playing your four three and two position with Kemba Walker. You throw whoever you want to throw out there, uh, Dice, whatever. Put him at the five. I that's a miss that's a mismatch. You know what I'm saying? Because we get a, we get a switch and we have Jason Tatum going up against the Raptors, a Siakam, whatever the case may be. When we have those four out. All four of those players out there at the same time, I feel like they're better offensively, and that's going to be a problem for the Raptors. Gordon Hayward makes this Celtics team better. Veteran leaders, veteran presence as well is always needed, especially someone that's been in the playoffs. Actually, has he been in the playoffs with the Jazz? Cool. <laughs> uh, Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And then just give Kimba Walker the benefit of the doubt. I've expressed this before. This is new territory for him. This is his first time. This far in the playoffs, if that in the playoffs at all, you know what I'm saying. So he just has to get adjusted, and he's going up against a uh, a pretty deep, a pretty good defender in uh, Vad Lee and um, Kyle Larkin. So I'm not gonna discredit them and their
0: defensive presence.
1: Jared, can I make a hot take right now?
0: Go for it, man. Just it's really hot it. enough outside. So even
1: even though Boston's a little bit you know spooked right now, I still I still think Boston pulls away. And I was thinking about the conversation last week. Where we, like, where we take the Heat or Boston in a, in a Eastern Conference Finals. I've kind of changed my mind. It is true. that Boston just has more, more X-Factors than a lot of teams out there, so I think Boston will be Miami in a theoretical Conference Finals. I also believe that the Lakers will find a way to beat the Clippers in seven. We will, this season will end on a Lakers and Celtics final, um, but I'm going to give the Lakers in six, six or seven games. The reason I'm going to side the Lakers with six and seven games Yes, Boston's going come into the finals motivated, but the thing is they're going to bump into a hungry LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and that gives the Lakers the edge, and that's how they're going to win the 2020 NBA Finals.
0: Hunter carriage to make a rebuttal?
3: Yeah, man. I, if I'm being honest, I am worried as a Heat fan. I'm a Raptors fan right now, hoping that they get to the Eastern Conference Finals because I think uh, we'll have an easier time getting past them and – uh, healthy Gordon Hayward, assuming he's back, um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimba, Marcus Smart's been playing well. So just as we're a really well-rounded team, they're starting to fill out in terms of uh, Marcus Smart playing out of his mind on the offensive end. So, But I will say, though, at the same time, I didn't expect us to sweep the Pacers or get a gentleman sweep on the Bucks. So – um, I'm not going to doubt my team. I'll go Heat in seven.
0: Heat in seven. Well, we'll see what happens there because this series, the Raptors and the Celtics. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It's a really, it's a really good series. I mean, better than I thought it would be. And I know that a lot of people think that the Raptors, because they lost Kawhi, aren't the same team. But Drill, you've stated it so many times before. The Raptors are the Deepest team. They have so many weapons that they can throw it throw at you for a variety of reasons. Plus, Nick Nurse, he's just a really good coach. He just knows how to tinker around with it and use things and strategies that nobody really knows or wants to do. So we'll see what happens there. Game seven is on the eleventh, right? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, by the time this comes out, we you know we'll know who the winners are but in any case let's just restate it i have the celtics winning game 7 daniel you have the celtics winning game 7 drill celtics
3: i'm making it a clean sweep i'm going celtics to
0: celtics Even it is no i
3: do want the raptors to get it i think celtics are about to be too much
0: right and so from the four of us you heard it here first the celtics will win game 7 but on onto on other news and teams especially about teams that aren't in the playoffs anymore. Billy Donovan is out of the thunder. Uh, He's potentially headed to Chicago. And personally, I, you know, I don't understand why Chicago per se. I mean, his name has been rumored to go to the bulls. I don't know. I mean,
1: it's, it's, I want to say it right here. I think Oklahoma city made a big mistake. I don't think Billy Donovan deserved to be fired. Look at how look at how his career has progressed during his time in Oklahoma City. He for like for a continuous amount during his tenure, he kept losing big stars on his team. First in his first year had Kevin Durant on his team. He's gone the next year. Like the next couple years, he's with Russell Westbrook. He's gone. And now he's he's now dealing with a team with an old with an older version of Chris Paul. And for the stuff he's been dealt with, Billy Donovan has done a significantly like, you know, seller job for the situation he's been handed to. I think this was an unfair move by Oklahoma City management. And I think Billy Donovan's actually one of the better coaches in the league. And I think Chicago, who has been desperate for some type of, like, trying to find the right person for a while, I think um, Chicago's going to make a big steal here at coach.
2: Agree, Totally agree with Daniel. Um, you can't blame Billy Donovan for bringing your – and this is what really, like, irks me. They had they – had, they said that the Thunder weren't even going to make the playoffs. And they make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And they got out – it was first round, right? They got taken yeah. out first round. But they still went to game seven. You know what I'm saying? So, to take – you know, I think, in all honesty, they're really trying to rebuild now. Like, they're getting him out and preparing potentially for Chris Paul to leave, and they're just trying to get a clean slate with this uh, influx of draft picks and youth that they have. So, that's why I think that their mindset is that. Do I think it was right? No. I agree with Daniel. Is this the right move for Chicago? Yes. We've seen what the Billy Donovan has done with young, young players, young potential Stars, he's gotten the best out of. Them. We've seen it. This was a prime example. of This playoffs, and I think he can do some damage with a poor Chicago Bulls team in the Eastern Conference.
1: I just want to say one thing, Jared. As a Warriors fan, like you, you should remember this: the seventy-three and nine team. They were that Thunder team. The last year, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook were on that squad. They nearly took out the seventy-three and nine Golden State Warriors. The, yeah. the Oklahoma City could have been back in the NBA Finals, and Billy Donovan could have could have led them there. He was responsible for that.
0: Yeah, and you know, it sucks that you know Billy Donovan's out, but <clears throat> the Warriors won four sh- or three straight and made it <laughs> to the finals again. So it's it is what it is, man. I mean, I
1: mean, like, imagine if KD had like you know, given Wesley Westbrook, you know, like you know, a couple more chances. Like, the Thunder, we could be having a different conversation about Oklahoma City today.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure they had a few other conversations since 2012. I mean. They made the finals, and we thought they were the next big thing. And then Sam Presti ships out Harden, your left still a pretty, 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 pretty good big three in Ibaka, Durant, and Westbrook. And then they just didn't get there. I mean, we've had this discussion before about how we think that Westbrook is not a championship point guard or a, guard, a championship guard at all. And I, you know what? It's it's in the past, but I'm glad that Durant, you know, it, I'm glad that it happened because now the Warriors have three rings in the last however many years. So
1: I mean, the rest of the league is not glad. I mean, the the league. I mean, Durant changed everything. I mean, if you look back before Durant was leaving, he had you had multiple contenders for the time. So and but with Durant jumping, it literally became a Golden State league.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, can, it, was, it was nothing wrong with that terrible. at all.
1: It was awful. It was absolutely
0: awful. nothing wrong with that at all. It was F- awful them people.
1: F- it them. was awful. It was awful for the rest of us. I mean, like he, I mean the next the next two finals were like honestly like terrible television. I mean it was just, it was just, it was sad. It was depressing. Like Cleveland right, had well, no shot in those finals.
0: I mean there was a chance but that's neither here nor there. Let's let's focus back at the task at hand speaking of head coaching candidates. The Pacers are looking to get a new coach because they fired Nate McMillan. And Becky Hammond and Dave Yorger's name have been, have been thrown out there as potentially some of the front-running names, according to Woj. The Pacers are hiring or they're looking for that one person that I guess Nate McMillan wasn't. And that's why they're interviewing over a dozen coaches. So if you guys were, if you guys were the Pacers, who would you hire?
1: Personally, it's um, I would actually hire Becky Hammond, and the reason I say that because like I think the, the Greg Popovich style of system works especially well today. Look at his coaching tree, look at Pop's coaching tree. It's largely been a success. So if I had to pick anyone, it's Becky Hammond because she represents modern day basketball. But the thing with Becky Hammond, I mean, she's been like linked to be like the next in line for that Spurs job. Like why why would you want to leave that, I mean, does she like unless she wants to be a coach now? So like, the question is like, will she even want to take the job or even consider it?
2: Absolutely, I agree with Daniel. What he's saying, you know, it's up for grabs. Also, think about Tim Duncan. You know, it looks like he's dipping his toe in the water on the coaching pool. But I mean, no offense to Steve Nash, but Steve Nash gets the coaching job. I think Becky Hammon can get this coaching job. But like Daniel said, it's the matter of if she wants it or not. Let's give a new coach a chance.
3: I would definitely take Becky over Dave. Um, His last tenure was not the most impressive. And even going back to the Billy Donovan situation too, I think that that might be indicative of them knowing or thinking something that we don't in terms of uh, Chris Paul being on his way out and them just kind of starting fresh like
0: you all said. I think that the Pacers situation is weird because they might trade Victor Oladipo. And so that leaves you with and you start with Demontis Sabonis, and we don't—he's a good player, but we don't know what the ceiling is with him as the focal point of your team. So it'll be interesting to see how the Pacers formulate their team and what goes into formulating teams. But
3: yeah, well, one thing too before we leave from the Pacers topic. I thought that it was rough seeing Nate go. I think he did pretty good with the hand he was dealt in terms of injuries. He mm-hmm. rarely ever had a healthy roster. Um last year or well, two years ago when LeBron was in Cleveland, they really had no chance going up against that version of LeBron. Um so it, it sucked to see him go to be honest.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the thing, right? You don't you think you know something and then obviously someone else knows something else. Right. And that's why they're getting paid the big bucks, right? Speaking of teams, did you guys see the, the first team and second team all defensive squads?
3: Yes. Yes, sir. But it was a huge snow.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a pro basketball player, but just watching him on the court, he should have been on that squad probably over Patrick Beverly. Agreed. And. The, I mean, Beverly, he, Patrick Beverly, he's a pest. We can all agree. But yes. sometimes I feel like his antics on the court is a little bit detracting from where the team wants to be sometimes. I
3: don't yeah, know if that's just me. He or overshadows me. what he actually does, to be honest. Um, not to echo Russ's sentiments about him kind of just running around and being loud, but... Mm -hmm. Um, He knows that he's an agitator for the Clippers. He does all the bumping and um, talking that he needs to to kind of throw guys off their games. But, I mean, to be honest, we saw Luca busting his ass for the short time that he was out there. Um, I know he was plagued with injuries and everything throughout that series. But, I mean, Pat Bev is great at being an agitator, but as far as actually getting stops and not allowing guys to score – I did not think he was worthy of that vote over Drew Holiday.
2: Nah, I agree with what he's saying. I'm just I'm confi- I'm not. I was surprised to see Brooke Lopez on the second team all defense. That too. It yeah. just shocked me.
0: Over over Miles Turner potentially.
2: So the Bucks have three players on their squad that's all defensive teams. That's crazy.
0: And the defensive player of the year too,
2: which Anthony Davis got robbed. Yep. Hmm. Yes. Anthony Davis got robbed.
1: I I mean, I think Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in the league.
0: Wait. Okay, well.
2: Damn near every position and does off off switches. There's been vital plays that ended games off of his defensive play
0: Hmm.
2: that we've seen within the season. And he's really the anchor of our team, the focal point, defensively, you know. And I know Giannis is as well, but we can also compare stats, you know. Mm -hmm. That's another (laughs) –
1: Personally, personally, Drill, I think AD is the most important player on the Lakers. Like, it, I mean, he's the he's the key that sticks it together.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a glue guy for sure, and he's probably a key in unlocking the the Lakers' potential. But
1: he's it, like like LeBron needs his right hand man. Like LeBron needs his right hand man because
0: absolutely. LeBron can't.
1: LeBron can't. I mean, it's obvious throughout history. Like you know, with superstars, no man can carry it on his on, on own. On. So, if, you know, if AD doesn't play, I mean, the, you know, the Lakers are more in trouble. I'll
3: yeah. be honest, though. I feel better about my chances if I have Bron on the court without AD than AD without Bron.
0: Yeah, because we've seen AD without Bron, and it hasn't led him anywhere, right? And you, but,
2: you know what it is? Because they try to run it specifically through AD as a point guard. Let him dribble the ball. I've seen countless times KCP gets the ball and gives it to Anthony Davis to dribble up and initiate offense. And that's not what you need when Anthony Davis is on the court. That's why I love to see Rondo and Anthony Davis on the same on the court at the same time because that's when we get the pick and roll, pick and pop, feed
1: Anthony Davis. Yeah, just feed feed him down low. Yeah. Plus we do. Plus we've
0: seen the the Rondo and AD combo work in New Orleans too. Right. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but. Just a, a few more topics here before we wrap things up. The NBA is moving the draft and free agency free agency periods back per shams. And Woj came out today and said that November eighteenth is the new date for the draft. Any any thoughts on this? Personally, I'm indifferent. I mean, it's
1: uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Jared here, and this is kind of a I don't know. It's not really a hot take, but honestly, not interested in this draft. I don't think I, I don't. Honestly, this is a very, very. This is like the weakest draft in the last five years. Um, I just, I just don't see any like big, big marquee. I mean, there could be a couple good like pieces to our championship squad, but like I don't see like any MVP types. Maybe there's like a Lamelo Ball, but I, I felt I fell for the hype for the first time. So I'm just. I mean, I think this draft is going to be more valuable in terms of like how teams use these draft picks in the future and future trades.
0: There is a LaMelo Ball just, to, <laughs> yeah, and just you, to put that out there.
2: I can't sit here and say that this is the Victor Oladipo draft, the Anthony Bennett draft class. This is not. Yeah. We have we have some skillful guards. We have Anthony Edwards. We have LaMelo Ball. We have James Wiseman. He's not a guard. We have uh, the guy, the other guy that went to Australia that was playing overseas. I forget his
1: name. Oh, and we okay, have,
2: yeah. um, there's right. another guard that I'm missing as well. Uh. He's a son of an NBA player. Uh, okay. it, it's, it's,
1: I don't think it's weak as that draft, but like there's like
2: there's this some... draft is pretty good. Obi, we got Obi. We got the dude yeah. from USC. Um I'm upset because NBA two K twenty one. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of my league and I was expecting to start my My League now. And I'm not able to get the option of starting in the off season, So we're just fast forwarded into December, the season started. So this, pushing this draft back is making it seem as if I have to wait all the way until November where off season sh- starts to happen for me to play my my league. So that's the only thing I'm pissed off about. And the reason why I'm pissed off about it is because I paid f***ing $100 for that sh- 2K21, and it's the same game as last year. So, of course, I'm going to find something to be pissed about. So that's the only reason why I'm pissed about this being pushed back.
3: Yeah, I I mean, it's a pretty top-heavy draft. I'm really high on James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, and Mello. I'm not too high on Obi for whatever reason. I haven't seen him play much, so that could be kind of what it is. But he reminds me of a less skilled Aaron Gordon, Uh, just really athletic, can go up and get blocks, uh, dunks. Haven't seen him step out and shoot too much. But I do think, though, those three I mentioned, Wiseman – uh, LaMelo and Anthony Edwards, they have the potential to be all-stars for sure. I,
1: I'm suspicious of LaMelo. Maybe because it's the really? it's the stuff that happened last time. We were drooling over Lonzo, okay? Laker fans, we were drooling over Lonzo. We were desperate to get Lonzo. Mm-hmm. And, and guess to- what? What we got was a guy that shot bricks. I mean,
3: He's a lot different
2: than
1: Lonzo, though. and a hype
2: man, and a hype. Okay, man. I got. I gotta defend my guy, Alonzo Ball. I I understand he's not your your prolific scorer, but everything else that man did is awesome for a basketball player. He is he is to me is a great defender at a young age. He knows how to facilitate the ball, he rebounded pretty well. Only thing that he was lacking is the shot.
1: He's not a bad player per se. It's just like and Lamelo isn't I mean, Lonzo.
0: So, it's not. We don't know what his ceiling is, but it looks like. Lonzo is a reincarnation of Ricky Rubio, which isn't a bad thing at all. Ricky Rubio is a solid, solid, solid it, it, player.
1: It's just, it's just that Lonzo was a victim of overhype. And, you know, and his, his father, unfortunately, played a negative role in that.
2: I mean, we haven't heard much from him about LaMelo this time around. It's been a little different. We've actually seen LaMelo in, in different uh, settings, different environments, still be an effective player. You know what I'm saying? We've only seen and heard, and and we didn't get fooled again by the the non-analysis scout coach, uh, big baller brand himself, Levar. We we we're not gonna get fooled again. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 really different with with Melo. I'm I'm here for the hype. I'm I'm a fan. Of I mean, Mello. I think he has I a
1: better. I think he has a better shot of living up to the hype than Lonzo. I think his shot's better. But I mean, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to see him play an NBA game. I just want to see him.
3: I think you also got to look at his height and athleticism. Mm-hmm. I think those are two things he has over uh, Lonzo by a lot. And the vision is there. I think he's uh, – I won't I won't say yet that he's as good, if not better, uh passer than Lonzo. But I think he definitely has the potential to be better than Lonzo on pretty much all fronts.
1: I mean – Yeah.
0: The shooting, I, though, needs a little bit of work because he's sub-40 in, in almost mm-hmm. every category I except for free the, throw,
1: so. I, I believe the Knicks are eighth. But I can, I can, I can, you know, see. I just him in him in New York. Like, I don't know, it's, man.
0: It's going to be horrific for him in New York at eighteen. It's going to be don't know. hell.
3: Jared, about cool
0: the, the Warriors trying to get him? Well, I mean, we don't need him.
1: Well, <laughs> the, the Warriors honestly. don't need Lou no.
0: Yeah, if anything, they probably need Obi because he has a better shot. Right? He's a more, com- I wouldn't say he's a more complete player, but he's. Versatile on the defensive end, and he's shown that he has a little bit of range. And the Warriors need a big because they don't really have a quote unquote big per se. All they I mean, have is Marquise Chris, who's on a basically on a partially guaranteed contract. They've got Alan Smeligic, who's not a five. They've got Kevon Looney, but they can't they can't trust him to stay on the court for more than 20-22 minutes at most. Right, I so, mean.
1: The Warriors definitely need a big because you know it's obvious Draymond ain't the same anymore. So,
0: yeah, this
3: true. I would take Wiseman personally. I think mm-hmm. he fits really well with that team. But I asked you because I've just seen uh, Warrior fans like pretty split on that one. Either they are high on Lamelo or they're like, "Nah, we don't need him at all."
0: Yeah, and if anything, the Warriors are just going to trade the pick because, right? I mean,
1: I mean, they're they're uh, gearing
0: up for for Giannis. So
1: I will say this though: the Warriors are. Unfortunately, for better or worse for the league, they are primed for some sort of Spurs-like resurgence. So,
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: The La- the- our Lakers will be seeing you next year. You'll and be- what,
0: the regular season? What?
1: Yeah, the Warriors will be a nuisance as always. Warriors are going to win the 2021
0: NBA Finals. Oh, Take it to the I- bank. Take it to the oh. bank. Take it to the bank. They're going to have a top-four seed. Take it to the bank. I'll even let's have, look, you know,
2: I'll, I'll write out a stay check. Healthy. Everything works out for y'all.
0: Everything's going to work out, It man. would be a little Just watch. Watch. Everything's going to work out. We're going to have I, a big three I, I, and I actually, Andrew Wiggins.
1: I actually think I, sh- I could actually see the Warriors, like, making to the big West. Big three. I mean, yeah. I, could, I could actually see the Warriors making to the West and bumping the Clippers, but the Clippers would beat them West. in the West Finals.
2: No. Rewind. Big,
0: who's who's the who's the third of the big three? Draymond cool. Green. No. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I mean, okay. No, come on, bro. I mean, totally uh, it's maybe a big two and a half. All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, this, yeah. He I mean ain't no,
2: he ain't no. Big y'all
0: ain't.
1: Getting he's a nervous. half now,
0: all right? He's he's a big half. So stop it's a big two and a half, big three at best, unless we get Giannis, then it's a massive upgrade. So
1: stop that. It's going it to happen. It would be terrible. Jared, do you realize how bad that would be for the league? The,
0: That's great like, for the Warriors. I don't care about the league.
1: What are you talking about? It, it's it,
0: good for the Warriors, bad for the league. Oh, well, they got to they gotta up their game, man. The Warriors I mean, always a step ahead.
1: Don't you realize people are, have had enough of seeing the Warriors winning anything? It, it, no. It's,
0: the Warriors will rise again, man. They're the Phoenix. They had like, a bad year. Doesn't matter.
1: Like Giannis on, on Dallas, that will be a fun watch. That'll be a fun watch.
2: It'll be fun on the Warriors too. Let's not I'm not, that, I'm not gonna that, say that. Well, is, that
1: I'm, that not, is I'm true.
3: not high on the Warriors at all. I've kind of been a Warriors hater, to be honest with you, even though I'm here in the Bay, but I, that would be fun to watch.
1: That would be. I would not be happy though. I all the pieces be,
0: are all watch. the pieces
1: are there. Y'all about to have a Greek splash, bro.
3: Because
2: this what he need, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, man,
3: hold oh, <laughs> on. Oh, one thing, too, I actually was at the game when Giannis came to play at the Chase Arena, and or Chase Center, whatever it's called now. But, but they thought they were slick, the Warriors, and had um, Greek night that night that he was there trying to kind of court him a little bit. And I thought that was jokes because I hopefully would like to not see him there, but it, it was a pretty good attempt.
1: I mean, I, I want to say this to you, Jared. As, as a person that's always been a fan of LeBron, the thought of Stephen Curry finishing with more rings than LeBron James, who's who's always been a better player than him, that to me is disgusting. That should not. He does not deserve more rings than LeBron James. I'm
0: with you. I mean, that's disgusting. It's
1: not, disgusting. not, about, it's that, not that's, about
0: deserving. It's about earning.
1: It, yeah. If I feel ill thinking about that. That no, that's disrespectful. That should not happen. The Warriors should not should not be able to land Giannis anyhow.
2: So. When we talk about great point guards, is is Curry up in there because he hasn't won a Finals MVP Man. or great players in in in
0: general? That's BS. I'm not going to
3: hide him like that. He is for sure.
0: He's got to be. He would have gotten a Finals MVP if it weren't for Andre Iguodala. All right, I'm I'm an ardent supporter of this. 2015 should have been his, and 2016 too, if they didn't do whatever. But anyways, that's that's distant past. You know, that's that's in the past. But yeah, he. Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green—the big two and a half—they are, they're gonna run roughshod on the league. And with Giannis, it's it's game over, man. It's game over. So, with all that being said, is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap things up here?
1: Giannis on the Warriors will be terrible for the NBA. Two
3: K
0: twenty
1: one
3: is trash. Shot meter is garbage. He exceeded all my expectations, so let's keep doing it.
0: Speaking of that, if people want to find your stuff, if they want to read anything that you post online, where can they find you?
3: Uh, I have a website actually called Time Out. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a blog that I've started. Actually, with Alan, kind of just kept it going a little bit.
0: All right. Again, I just want to thank you for hopping on, man. I It's been it's been a great hour and change to just sit down, talk about whatever, and then just shoot, shoot shit about basketball every once in a while, so.
3: Yeah, bro. I I appreciate y'all having me. This is a great pod y'all got going. I actually follow it. So good to y'all.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I think we all do appreciate it. And to all the people listening out there, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. And make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo.
1: And I'm Daniel Huen. If you ripped me on your review, I still love you. And joining uh, join me as well.
0: It's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sells, and our special guest for this episode. I'm Hunter Patterson. I appreciate y'all having me. And we will see all of you next week.